You're listening to DraftKings Network. Could stay calm and let it happen. You know, at times... You literally just connected drawn penalties to being a good bachelor. Yes. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, if you're a bachelor, it's just chaos. Hey, everybody. This is Allison Lucan. Welcome back to episode four of Too Many Men. Uh, We are happy to hopefully be bringing you some positive energy in what is certainly a crazy time. Uh, joining us, we have the wonderful Shayna Goldman. Shayna, say hi. Hi. And of course, the phenomenal Sarah Sivian. Sarah, what's up? Not too much, just um, day to day like everybody else. I hope everybody is doing fine. I know this is a hard time for anxiety. So I was just in therapy and my lovely therapist said something to calm me down. She said, Don't forget that good things are still happening in the world right now. People are getting married. Babies are being born. And um, there's a lot of good that can come out of such a terrible time. So and maybe our society will start to be a little kinder permanently. So I just wanted to share some good thoughts. Awesome. Absolutely. And that's we're not going to dwell on that kind of stuff too much here. Again, we just hope we just hope that uh, we can be some of that positive in your day, maybe bring you a laugh, maybe bring you a smile, maybe bring you a fun debate um, or a fun nomination for, for what you want us to talk about. So uh, speaking of what we want to talk about, um, a subject that is near and dear to many of our hearts on this show, um, when everything shut down last week, so many you know conferences paused, and obviously we know that with the NHL and the other professional and, and major junior leagues, but there are some players who had their seasons end and often their career end. And we're talking about the seniors, both on the men's and women's side, who just literally had their seasons stop um, before they were supposed to. Uh, mid-tournament play, mid-conference um, play. I have a story up on that on The Athletic today. But uh, it's just so hard to see these seniors go through this. Sarah, you covered Penn State hockey. I mean... Can you even imagine what these players are feeling right now? Yeah, I've talked to a few of them, just kind of trying to give well wishes, trying to, I know that there's more important things going on in the world and they know that too, but it's so heartbreaking just to think of what could have been and what it's not going to be. And like, it was a very talented Penn State team this season. So they're all, and I've known the guys for a while, they're great guys and it's just kind of just, so unfortunate but it is what it is right yeah and it, like I think too back to um and this was in the story this is something Elise Riemann Schneider said to me um the Ohio State women won the first conference championship in organizational history um for the Ohio State women and she said you know they were they were bound to they were literally at the airport about to get on the plane to go to their NCAA first round matchup when everything got locked down um so and she said she's like you, we didn't know that the last time we put on our jersey was the last time. And she said, and like, th- that was just like so crystal to me, like, like what they're feeling right now. They can't even, they didn't even know they were doing things for the last time, which in some ways makes it worse, you know? Oh, yeah. It always, because you can't leave it out. They did leave it out there, though, and they can feel good about that, right? That they were such a good team and they always gave it a thousand percent effort. Totally. Totally. Shana, I know you looked into this too. What, what, what were your thoughts on these poor seniors who were just missing out on, on putting the final bow on the season? 
I think it's so tough. Um, You feel like for spring sports, you know, they're extending eligibility for some players so they can have that extra year. But, you know, if your season just ended, that that's it. You you had no idea. And I really feel for the women, uh, women hockey players right now, because um, as much as like there are options right now, you have the dream gap tour going on and the NWHL, you have two things, but you don't know if that's a sustainable career either way. And, you know, there's so much going on in the world of women's hockey that there's so much uncertainty of what you can do next. You know, for some of the men, you know, they might be hoping they can go into the NHL or some other level of professional hockey. I, I'm just hoping the women have uh, still have options and feel that they can make this a future career, too. And, you know, obviously it's growing and it's a better chance than it was in years past. But this was a great opportunity to cap off some of their potentially some of their hockey careers. And they just lost that. Yeah. And I, I asked the coaches at Ohio State, too, about that. And obviously, like. Like they literally and all these coaches had to not just tell their teams their seasons were over, but like in many of these cases, tell their students, oh, and you have to be off campus in like a matter of days and you have to figure out how to finish your classes online and all this stuff. And so both of the coaches I asked said, you know, they were down with the idea of additional eligibility. Like you said, it's not extended to winter sports right now. But, like, I don't know what that looks like. Does the student still have to be enrolled? Because that's that's the redshirt rule, right? So, and, like, is a student going to come back and do a whole other year of school just because they're going to play? Like, it's so tricky yeah. to me. Yeah, and now you're paying a full year of tuition potentially just to play. Right. Uh, Sarah, what do you think? That, I mean, would you want the seniors to be able to come back for one more year? What a tough call. Uh, yeah, I think it should be everybody's choice, but... It's obviously so complicated, and it. I would definitely give it another go, probably, if I was in that position, just to, I don't know, that's kind of like a gift and all this bad stuff that you have another opportunity to kind mm-hmm. of play at your best, train your hardest, and not take anything for granted. Totally. How many years of eligibility do you have left, Sarah? Technically. <laughs> like 20. <laughs> You heard it here first, kids. Recruit her for your teams. <laughs> and, and like to your point, Shana, though, like there's so it's so limited for women. Like someone from USA Hockey needs to explain to me why Jincy Dunn from Ohio State is not getting more attention. I'll sit yeah. back and listen, but like come the heck on. It's completely beyond any sort of reason to me. And like it well, whatever. That's my soapbox and I'll just Anything else on our on our beloved NCAA seniors? I think we all just want to give them a shout out. Every team, every school, every winter sport, every spring sport, because um, it just sucks. Yep, they they deserve a proper send off, and they didn't get it. So you know, definitely make your stories known, and if you want to like at any of us on Twitter or anything like that too, like you know, if you need a platform to tell your story, how your season finished, like that, it's so unfair that this is how it worked out. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the lower level professional hockey, uh, it's just, it's scary for some of these guys who don't make mm-hmm. that much money. And then like the ECHL is only, you're only getting paid till Monday. And then yeah. it's not like they make anything to begin with. Right. And it's a lot of questions and it's like minor league baseball is going through the same thing. Just it, it's so tough and our thoughts are with you. Absolutely. I mean, it's, because for the and you know yes these are professional athletes but like like you said like they don't they don't make that much money and now they have to figure out how they potentially stay in shape to what degree while also making yeah. enough money to live right like right. 
this is a very different experience than the NHL athletes or the NFL athletes that, that we all perhaps pay more attention to than we do those at the lower levels. Especially yeah. this time of year. You know, yeah. you think about it, if someone might not be a casual ECHL watcher, AHL watcher, they tune in for the playoffs for the most part. So this was their chance to shine and show this is what I can do. I can, I can do this at a higher level too. And they might've just lost that. Well, we were giving accolades to the NHL for players being paid. However, we have a rant friends. Um, Always, always. (laughs) Our beloved Shayna has done a ton of research. um, And just as a note, we're recording this Tuesday afternoon. So if things change, um, that's kind of your landmark in, in our level of information that we've got. But can we discuss NHL teams and which ones are doing the right thing and which ones are doing the wrong thing by their employees, particularly those who are part time probably working multiple jobs, probably closer to paycheck to paycheck. Shana, walk us through it. Which teams, which, which teams are on the... As we speak... Oh, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt, but as we speak, the Hurricanes just announced hourly staff will be compensated based on expected workload during the team's final seven March regular season home games. That's awesome. Excellent. That's right under the wire. They knew we were recording. You texted them, didn't you, Sarah? Here's your <laughs> this is all part of my plan, yes. <laughs> All right, Shana, Shana, tell us who's on the good list and tell us who's on the bad list. So, all right, if we don't say their names, they are paying their employees and doing, you know, part-time employees, but we'll focus on the really good and the not so good. Um, we have the Flames and the Jets originally did not agree to pay their part-time employees. And if I remember correctly, the Jets came out and said they'll make their money when we make our money, even though, well, you have a pile of money to sit on and they don't. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, Terrible. Read the room. Horrible. <laughs> horrible. So after some well-deserved public shaming, they will be paying their employees, both of them. And the Flames players did set up a GoFundMe, which, don't get me wrong, it is fantastic that players are contributing, but it is not their fucking jobs. It's the organization, yes. it is the ownership who are millionaires and billionaires, you know, do the right thing. Um, the Boston Bruins do not have anything right now. They have a GoFundMe set up by the players. The Minnesota Wild do not appear to have anything right now going on. And uh, neither does the Vegas Golden Knights. I have Come seen some, on. Right? I've seen things about MGM paying, but I haven't seen specifics. It doesn't seem like there is a total plan in place. But for some of the good, we have the Ottawa Senators actually just came out. You know, surprised all of us as we were starting to record this, that Eugene Melnick is making sure that Who? part... Who? Exactly. <laughs> cheap Eugene Melnick is apparently not being so cheap. He's paying uh, part-time and hourly workers the money that they would have made and during the suspension. And um, they're going to have shifts paid through April 4th, which is better from some teams. Some teams are only going towards the 31st of March. And the AHL uh, workers will also be paid. Wow. Um, the Pittsburgh Penguins are paying their employees and they set up a food drive. The LA Kings are paying their employees and the Staples Center, I believe they were the first one of the NHL arenas to do this, mm-hmm. were donating as much food as they could. And uh, I think that's fantastic. Uh, the Florida Panthers are unsurprisingly cheap with <laughs> Sergey Bobrovsky is putting in $100,000. I believe the players are going to... Of course gonna, he is. Like, he's not yeah. been through enough there. Yeah, right. And uh, the players are going to match that, and the ownership will ownership will sprinkle in 
to complete that $100,000 pledge if need be from the rest of the players. And let's see who else we have here doing something good. Uh, Arizona is also doing a food do donation in addition. And who else is bad? I'm trying to see on our... <laughs> oh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're fantastic. Look up everything that they're doing with uh, their arena, everything. They are one of the teams to watch for what they did. And... Even the Canucks, they're doing food donation and paying their employees. It's not hard to be decent. That's, I mean, and the one. Not when you're a billionaire. <laughs> and there's one note I'll make. I thought Arizona, when they posted this, made it, made this nice point really elegantly. Like some teams we haven't, the, the money thing is obviously like the bare minimum, but not every team is necessarily going to have a ton of food to donate because Arizona said they were getting ready for their longest homestand of the year, right? So depending on what your arena was gearing up for in the near term is how much food they may or may not have had to donate. Um, but the money thing, I just like, I forgot one hit us. Buffalo. We have to talk about Buffalo and this one surprised and disappointed me. It seems that originally they came out and said no. And now they said for canceled games, but these games right now are postponed or on suspension. So I don't believe those count towards, canceled games so for the time being until the nhl officially cancels games the workers are not being paid i did forget that that one was bad like they what's better is they came up with a first statement and they came up with a second statement and doubled down on it yeah it said a whole lot of nothing yeah sarah your reaction to our good list and bad list i just it's pathetic if you're not going to pay the employer i mean like it's I just think about the impact these people have on the game, like, and I'm especially upset about the Bruins. I know I've heard off the record that they're, they're going to do something, the, the Jacobs um, family, eventually, but the fact that they have to be, I bullied them into it because, they're, like, I just keep thinking of this one arena worker who would make my day every day. Mm -hmm. Like, he didn't know it. I was going through a really rough time after leaving Pittsburgh and like trying to freelance for the Bruins and every single day he would make my life brighter. He did not have to do that. And it's just like these people keep everything going and they are in such a time of worry right now and they should not be like, it's pathetic that a billionaire can't a 3.6 billion say that. billionaire. I just Googled it. Yep. Billion. Are you kidding? You need to pay them. That's, That's it. scraps. So, Hand that out sucks. the scraps. It's not asking for much. And, and like, I, you know, it's funny, like, Sarah, you just mentioned employees that you're thinking of. Like, I'm thinking of the people who, who, I mean, these are people that a lot of fans maybe don't see, but yeah. they're literally the engine of the in-game experience. They're mm -hmm. setting up the facility. They're working the concession stands. They're working the beer stands. They're feeding the players. They're making sure they have their meals. They're cleaning up after you and after me and everybody else. Like, if these people don't come and do their jobs, it's a very, very, very different game experience for literally There's everybody. There's no game experience. Yeah. There's no game experience. It's so true. It's so true. And I just, I like, I don't, I don't have a ton, but I'm trying to like eat out, even if it's just ordering a little bit from places just to keep mm -hmm. local business around. And like also too, from a PR perspective, like let's talk about it. Like, you, like yep. hockey is the most, is one of the most expensive tickets out there with a high volume of games. So you're going to ask people to put down their hard earned money to come to your games. 
but you're not going to give back and support th that exact same community. Like, I... it's disgusting to me. So I'm yep. so glad that the hurricanes just announced this. Yeah. Yeah. This was, it's not like you knew the season was ending. It's not like anything else. You all of a sudden just got an unpaid vacation out of nowhere when you were anticipating to work. And this is, you know, it's hard for people who work in arenas. It's hard for people who work in sports overall. It's hard for freelance writers who, yes. you know, all of a sudden don't know what they're doing because what are you, what are you going to do, you know? I, I know we saw... How can we... Su oh, sorry. No, 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 you go. How can we support freelance writers? Somebody asked me that in my live Q&A yesterday, and I'm like, I don't know the best way. So how can I... How can I do that? I mean, I think... <laughs> I mean, for for all of us, really, I mean, it's it's how is that person's job evaluated and, and support them in that way? Re read, read their stuff. If you have a story you want to hear from them and you're able, contract with them to write it. Um, encourage others to, like in our case, subscribe off our articles or read. I think that's it's you know, take them out to dinner buy them a drink well don't take them out to dinner forget yeah. it but buy them a gift card to order from grubhub <laughs> or something like that but you i can facetime um and have that's right local yeah together. facetime dates our friend in vancouver excuse me he's now in san diego actually sent an invite we're having a virtual happy hour on friday with him which i think is actually quite fun we're um, doing something like that too we, we said we're gonna set up a group face uh facetime because uh we're one of my boyfriend's roommates is not letting everyone in. He doesn't, he, he's like, nope, he gave everyone clearance levels. And he's like, we can have a group FaceTime, but you're not coming in this house. But it, but listen, it matters, right? That human connection matters, even if it's, yeah. we're all virtual enough that we can, we can bridge that gap. But yeah, maybe if it's even just buying them a meal or checking in on them. I mean, I think depending on your bandwidth, there are different ways, but mm -hmm. Yeah, free, yep. I mean, freelancers are in a, in a different stratus in terms of benefits, in terms of cash flow, in terms of job security. So, uh, Shane, I don't know if you have any thoughts. No, I, everything you said is true. And a big thing is, you know, if you like their work, support it. it. It may sound like it's so, you know, it's so like, oh, yeah, that's easy. I totally do that. Retweet, like, press the article, read the article, scroll through it and read the entire thing and read it, you know, share their stories and promote voices that you like to to read and that you want to hear more from that's like the most important thing just keep putting a spotlight on those writers that you like and it'll help support them more than I think you know you realize because it's such a small thing but it's a much bigger gesture than you realize yeah for sure any other thoughts on our our team owners and I'm surprised at how many it took time like it, I, I got into this a little bit with someone on Twitter the other day who was upset with someone who classified a certain team differently. And I said, well, that team hadn't announced something yet. And the person was like, well, yeah, but they said the team hadn't done anything. I'm like, it's been five days. Yep. Like, I understand that now the team is doing something, but I don't, it, I don't it's, it's hard it's for me. It's such a hard time. It's a hard time right now because no one expected this. Right. So you have to jump into action so quick and there's so many levels to handle, but- if you're the big giant owner, you have to keep in mind everyone. And, you know, obviously people are happy to hear the payers, uh, the players are being paid and this is being done and everything's taken care of. But you can't forget the people that make it run. And you do have to think quickly on your feet. I know um, Madison Square Garden, they are paying for the next 30 days. They have a short-term plan. They still have to come up with a long-term plan. So they're doing the right mm -hmm. thing now. And I hope that they continue to do the right thing. But even so much as that is saying, 
we are covering them for right now. We will figure it out from here. And they might as well, they might say, you know, our team wasn't going to make the playoffs in either route, so you were being paid through what the season would be, and that's all we can help you with. Even that would be understandable because mm-hmm. generally they wouldn't be paid anyway. But, you know, come up with a quick solution. Come up with a long-term solution after if you have to. But there, you have days to do this, and yeah. you can't forget about those people. Now, where do we come down on, again, of course, we would we love to see the organization step up. That's a huge thing. But where are we on players stepping up also? Are they required to do so? I mean, we know we no. think it's nice that they're doing it, but we should the should the players be involved in this at all? It's nice that they are. I think everyone appreciates the gesture whenever a player does something, but like the onus is not on them to, to be responsible and give the team a good name. I think with the flames, that's a perfect example. You look at Calgary, they came out and said they weren't doing anything and the players stepped up. I think that's wonderful. And those players deserve all of the accolades for what they did. And they gave the flames a better name than they deserved at that moment. But it's not their responsibility to speak and represent, to fully represent the franchise, you know? It's great that you're doing that. You yeah. Obviously, the players have the money, but it's bigger than them. And they shouldn't have to save face when the team doesn't. And listen, I know that some people are going to say, people did this to me when I'm like, these players are going through a lot right now, too. And it's like they're confused. and they, but like, And they're not like basketball stars where they're making hundreds of millions of dollars or baseball stars, right? They have escrow or whatever it's called, the cap ceiling. And like some of them aren't making that much money. They are compared to other people. And that's why they should step up if teams aren't. But at the same time, it was I'm just going to say it was very stressful just sitting in New Jersey waiting to see if the season was canceled. And like we all just – we're kind of sitting there waiting to see when we could go on the plane and like what it was just, I got like disassociated a little bit just because it was it surreal. Just kind of, it's, you think you're going to, you get prepared for this game, you get prepared for the rest of the regular season. And then it's just all canceled like that. And you have to get on this, like not emergency plane, but this emergency trip back home. It just, it was a lot of anxiety. And I know that, um, it doesn't, there's no price tag on anxiety. So I just like keep empathy with them too. Cause they just don't know what to do right now. Well, and I think too, of like, my first thought was really with a lot of the U- Europeans and Russians, yeah. like, because yes. it like, this is a hard, I would have to imagine if I was them, this is a hard choice because you're away maybe from where you consider your home to be. Now, some Europeans obviously come to America and stay in America or Canada, but so now you're not playing. It's a scary time. And like, I'm not 100% clear if they can get home. I'm not really sure on I that. Think, I think they can. I know uh, for the Rangers, like Zabanajad and uh, Kako and Lundqvist, I think they all went back to Europe. Okay. And so I think it's, you can get home right now. And then some countries are closing the borders soon. Right. But can you get back in time? What if they decide to resume? I know it's like, you know, at this point, it probably doesn't seem likely. But let's say they were to resume in, you know, a month, and they're like, actually, you can't come back to the country then. You know, right. like. It, but like, think about think about this time, and maybe we all aren't directly with our families, but you're told you can't be with your families, or you have to make a choice to sit on an yeah. airplane for eight hours, which is a potentially high risk situation, and go through an airport, which is potentially a high risk situation, to be with your family. Like that's, that's a hard choice, in my opinion. I I just. I feel for those folks too. 
Totally agreed. It is a mess. Anything else on on our public shaming and celebration of teams? (laughs) (laughs) Just do the right thing. Do the right thing. Yes, that's it. It's not that hard. Do mm-hmm. the, like even if you have to go small, then go big, or short term, then long term. Just do the right thing. You have money. Not everyone does. And Sarah, you just saw this too. Like we're talking about kind of all these wrinkles. There's there's a new wrinkle, a, a proposal that's out there. Do you want to? This just kind of hit, I guess. Do you want to talk through what we might know? I know it just happened. Like. 12 minutes ago <laughs> oh yeah that was actually Shayna we're like oh Shayna I hope you guys know who are listening to the podcast that we're sub messaging each other we as are we organized do yeah. this. but yes um Shayna want to take it away sorry Shayna it's fine uh so we just saw it was tweeted out by TSN that the players propose in August to September um finish to the season which is an interesting idea because obviously we don't know I think they, the CDC said eight weeks, that's taking you into May, and then there's questions of can they play through, you know, July. There was uh, questions about arena availability then, and obviously then you have to consider ice conditions, especially in warmer locations. So now August to September is something. Like, my my first question is um, how, how do you uh, handle next season? How do you finish this season and go into next season unless – you're shortening, it's a condensed version of this season that you're doing to finish it off and go through the playoffs, which we know is like the harshest time on players' bodies. Right. And then go into next season, it can't be 82 games. You have to shorten to like 70 or 60 right there at at minimum. And then you're obviously delaying the start because you finish in September. Now, I guess you don't need a training camp but unless your team is not playing. But here's the thing, like, and again, this just happened, so this is like my instant reaction, but like, you can't do this. Like, then you're basically saying you can't make any trades. Oh, like you have like literally a minute, and you have to have everyone on contract, right? Like, you can't. Do you have some from September to October to sign players? Like that. But that doesn't make any sense because, and then what if someone gets hurt? Like, I'm. I we'll have to dig more into this. Maybe we'll talk about it more next week because. It does surprise me that from a player perspective, I mean, I get that they don't want to have a long delay and then crush stuff at the end of this season, but to elongate the next season seems strange. Yeah. And like, you can't, again, you can't ever, like Justin Williams would have to be prepared to play at that time next year. And then potentially the Hurricanes would already have to know if he was going to play them literally like a month later for the next season. It just doesn't yep. seem – you're disrupting two seasons. And, and you're halting any sort – what about the drafted pro- – what about – what if you you get the top pick in the draft and he's NHL ready? Can he play? Yeah. There's so right. much to unpack here, and I like I'll be honest with you guys. I spent the past few days – doing something that I'll, I'll tell of a story of a lifetime if it ends up panning out, but also just kind of like catching up with my family and catching my breath and getting over anxiety. But now we're diving into the story. So I'll definitely, with the Williams thing, I'm like, it's time to reach out to him and others and just see what they're thinking about everything now. For but sure. I wanted to give, it's like, this is a huge life unprecedented event. And I think people have been asking all of us a lot of questions and it's like, I get it. I have these questions too. But they're probably questions for next week's pod, just because it's like, I'm trying to let people live their lives in a moment of panic. But now the panic's subsiding. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, there you, people out of things. there you have it. Our instant analysis on breaking news that we now think is bad news. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into something a little more fun. We had um, a great suggestion from a listener uh, during since last week's episode. And the question was posed to each of us. And some of us have given this more thought than others. Uh, what would our goal songs be? And stick tap to Sarah, who I am pretty sure was the first writer to do a player's goal song article last season. So Sarah started that trend. Um, and then it kind of trickled through the rest of, of some other NHL teams who've told the story. Um, but Sarah, do you know what your goal song would be? Should you be able to have one? My goal song would be Devil is a Lie by Rick Ross. Yes. I just, I've thought about this ever since, yeah, I wrote that story and it would just be like, so badass, you couldn't stop me if you tried. Motherfucker, because the devil is a lie. That's a good <laughs> like, one. <laughs> yeah, but I get like one career goal, like back in my high school days. So um, <laughs> one time and one time only. <laughs> That's, and it, you know what? Here's the thing. It's actually a good song too. Like some of the songs the Blue Jackets players picked, I was like, well, I They're get it, awesome. but I was like, I get it, but like that's like a buzzkill. We're not going to play that. Like, yeah, after that's you what's hard, it, right? That's what's so hard. Like, you need something that's going to be fun, and it's like, do you go with something that has words so everyone can be singing it with you and getting hyped, or do you go for something that's just instrumental and cool and everyone's just cheering? Like, there's there's so many questions. Can we discuss? I have to bring it up again because it's literally the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life. So sidestep to the Blue Jackets goal songs, the rookie defenseman, Vladislav Gavrikov, picked the song What Is Love? Because a great choice. Because when you sing it, instead of saying What Is Love, you can sing Vladislav. I mean, can we discuss? <laughs> That's so creative. I, I love it. It's amazing. Shayna, your goal song. Okay, so I, I tried to like quickly scroll through Spotify to be like, what do I listen to that is fun, that would be good, and that somehow <laughs> relates to goal scoring? And I had a really hard time. I was like, you know, Let's Go Crazy by Prince is a good one. I know the Wild yes. used it. Yeah, that would be good for like if I score a shorthanded goal. And I'm a power killer. Because I'm a player, I'm a power killer. It's decided. Sorry, it's happening. <laughs> um, I'd be like, I want something like Get Wild when I do something like that. Because like shorthanded goals are so chaotic. Like I would say Let's Go Crazy, but – I was trying to think of something else, and I was like, you know, Lose Control by Missy Elliott could be fun, but Ooh. Here We Go by Sync might be good, because it's like, <laughs> here we go, I just scored a goal. So and like, we're back to this up. with you. Here we go. <laughs> hey, I picked Backstreet to marry, but no. I, I respect Sync, and they had jams, and that right there is a jam, and like, I feel like the beginning, right off the bat, you can get into that and start like dancing and cheering, and the words are easy. I get hyped. If I scored a goal and I heard that after, I'd be like, yeah, here we go. I fucking scored a goal. All right. I know mine. <laughs> I, I already told Shayna. And it has to be the chorus. It can't be, it can't be the open. It has to be the chorus. Run the World by Beyonce. I love it. Yes. Girl Power. Queen Bee. Great tune. Here for it. That's my empowering. goal. Empowering. So empowering. That's right. And women do run the world. So. Yes. Step off with that. Good goal songs, my friends. Locker Room Superlatives is up next. We're so good at segues. <laughs> <laughs> we segue like no other. Transition champs. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I'm going to transition to you, Sarah. Who in the Carolina locker room would give the, or does give, you might know this on fact, the best chirps? Well, when I did my player poll, everyone said Ryan Dezingle. Mm. Um, but who do I think? I think Aho chirps me. <laughs> he might just be finished, but sometimes I'm... Well, I was like asking him the other day, are you surprised? It's a stupid question, kind of, but I'm like, I don't know. We're 15 feet away from them being quarantined behind red tape. It's like I couldn't ask you. I kept striking out of my questions because I'm like so distracted by everything. But I'm like, are you surprised Williams is playing so well? And he goes, no. And then I just look at him and he goes, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, okay. But him and let me think. I like the Finnish people because they're so short. They're just and their dry humor is off the charts. Um, I I think that um, I'll probably trust the players with this and say Dzingel though. Perfect, Shayna, who's your pick? I'm gonna go with Pavel Buchnevich, and um, I mean, like, I don't I don't know if he's the most frequent chirper, but he had one this year that was so perfect, and I'm sure most people saw this video. But after they won a game. And Buchnevich had had a great game, and so did Chris Carter. They were walking off the ice, and it was before the deadline when they were both on TSN's list, and Buchnevich made it clear he was number 12, and Chris Carter was number one on the trade bait list. <laughs> and, it, and, like, you could see everyone laughing, and it seemed like Carter probably told him to shut up. It, it sounded like he said something in Russian, like, enough here. But it was so perfect that he was, you know, not even just chirping his teammates, but everyone else. Like, you want to trade both of us? Like, we're here. We're staying. We're good. And they both did stay, so... I'm going with him. That's awesome. For Columbus, it is, I mean, this is probably a sleeper pick, um, but if you pay attention, you've seen some of it. I'm going to go with Riley Nash um, because he has this super dry wit and like he suffers no fools. Yes. So like if you come out, like he'll come out post game and if people don't come talk to him, he'll be like, guess I'm not needed and turn around and walk away. Like he's just, (laughs) he's really dry. He's really like quick to a thought. So I'm going to go with Riley Nash. I covered him in Boston yes. for like two months, and I can absolutely confirm. He he cracked me up. He was like such a normal person. So funny. He's so funny. Um, most hockey cliches per minute, Shayna. Um, I feel like it has to be – I could put Mark Stahl up there. I feel like he's someone who definitely talks about like compete and doing the right things and – you know, like, there, look, there's nothing wrong with that. A player going to, like, the basics being like, you know, we really pr- played a strong game. We had a great start. Our compete was hard. We we did the right things and things like that. Like, I don't expect a player to necessarily have the most analytical breakdown, but I feel like he's got to be up there and maybe Brett Howden, too. Sarah, tell us who the Hurricane is that uses the most cliches. Okay. It's like, I don't want to pick on foreigners so I couldn't even like stand there in English and talk in front of a camera but I'll tell a story one time okay Nino Niederreiter says at the end of the day a lot and I'm like whatever whatever but um and he's actually such a lovely person and such a like to talk to kind of off the record always smiling always hi how are you always um taking that extra effort but um he one day Say he like got a goal for the first time in a very long time, and he said, "You know, you just gotta make hay while the sun's shining." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and then I tweeted it out like, "Okay." And um, Mike Rousseau responded, "Oh, um, Bruce Boudreau, who was Nino's old coach, said that all the time." Aww. And I just thought, 
I, it's probably an interesting story about um, foreign players that like learn from their coaches and their um, cohorts about just kind of cliches. It's so true. It's like there's there are times when like I'm sure you guys have seen this too when like a saying or a way to describe a game is like you can just tell they all either said it to each yeah. other or discussed it because it's like everyone's saying literally the exact same thing and you're like okay oh I my get god it. yeah when that was the locker room message at the end right. of the, the game right exactly <laughs> um I, I i feel kind of bad um saying this but the the blue jacket player who uses the most hockey cliches is undoubtedly mr boone jenner and when he's done with his, when he's done, he always says, so yeah, that's how he ends his, he'll say his statement and then go, so yeah. And that's when you know he's done talking. <laughs> um, Shayna made us add a third superlative and you can all guess what this one's going to be about. So with great pain, I asked Shayna Goldman, Shayna, which player would be the best bachelor candidate? <laughs> Well, okay, I didn't come up with this. It's Adam Herman, so talk shit to him. He suggested it. <laughs> I'm going to throw him right under the bus because we are doing something Bachelor-related for Blue Shirt Banner to fill the time. And it was not my idea, but I fully condone it and did set it up. <laughs> I was going to say, you, put, you said, put it on the list. Here. When, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So the tricky <laughs> thing is a lot of these players aren't single, so we're just going to put that aside for a second and put everyone in the same pool. I think... I think that Henrik Lundqvist is too attractive to be the bachelor, and I think every girl, it would be, like, the worst season because everyone wants him so much, so we need to, like, take him out of the running. But otherwise, I'm going to I'm gonna go with two. I think Mika's advantage would be interesting because oh, he's, sure. you know, he's, he's multifaceted. He has all these different um, hobbies and likes, and, you know, he's kind of worldly. So I feel like that's someone that would be interesting because – it would bring in like a variety of women and hopefully a more diverse group. And, you know, another one who I feel like handles chaos around him very well. And you could see that this year by watching how many penalties he drew and could stay calm and let it happen. You know, Shana, at times you literally I, look, just connected drawn penalties to being a good bachelor. Yes. Okay. Go I ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, if you're the bachelor, it's just chaos everywhere. You have 30 women. Now you got to break it down to less and then you have to meet their families and travel and deal with all the bullshit. So like, this is a to moment. Have... Yeah. Look, it's a fucking break. What are we going to do? So for that, I'm going to say Ryan Lindgren, who is one of the better defenders at drawing penalties. But it's not like he's boring because he takes penalties, too. So you're going to get some fire with it, but he could deal with the chaos around him and hopefully handle it with a level head. What do you guys think? I, I, I Listen, can't. Sarah, I can't. Just go. <laughs> I'm going to be totally honest about Ryan Lindgren. Um, I don't think I could ever be on The Bachelorette with a guy who... Okay, have you ever seen the thing about him when he was... Um, in college hockey and he got he wouldn't i forget the exact story now that sucks but it was against penn state my boy evan barrett and he uh was in the penalty box and evan barrett was doing the crybaby face to him about like being a crybaby and then when they both got out of the box um uh barrett absolutely decked him in like the cleanest hit and then scored on the same shift i'm like oh my god i don't know i don't he did not he did not draw that penalty <laughs> So I can't handle that, but um, which blue jacket would be the best? Uh, 
probably um this might be the easy out but i'm gonna say seth jones because he seems to be really cosmopolitan and i could picture him like does do they design the fantasy who designs the fantasy dates I don't think the bachelors designed Definitely any not. of the dates. I think it's they're it's most all of the boring producers. people that I. They're so boring; they could never <laughs> yeah. figure that out. I think I think they give a list of places they'd like to travel, and then they try to match it up with that. And I think I would assume the bachelor or bachelorette, whoever's like in charge, gets to be the one to be like, "I will not do X." So if they're like, "I, I won't skydive," because they wanted to be like the contestant freaking out, and the bachelor's the one that sues them type thing, not. The Bachelor is flipping out and everyone else has to calm down. So I think they get a couple like no's, but for the most part, it's producers. Shana, you put more thought into this show than I think I put into anything in my entire life. I watched it for years. My brain melts. I have to know this stuff. All right. My pick is Seth Jones. <laughs> what about Hurricanes? Who won the Hurricanes? Okay. I'm going to go rogue here and say color commentator Trip Tracy. Whoa. Yes. That would be the best season of The Bachelor ever. And Lady C. Single. I believe he, I thought he had introduced me to his girlfriend in Long Island, on Long Island. On Long and, Island. So I was like, oh my God, like he, this girl was gorgeous, this woman. And I'm like, Trip, how did you get such a gorgeous girlfriend? Like that is way above your pay grade. And then he started dying and he was like, that's not my girlfriend. That's my best friend's wife. I was like, oh, why are you introducing me to her? He's just such a like person that will get along with anyone and i feel like he would um he's a he could make that show interesting and he would come up with his own date that's i like the out of the box thinking yeah okay on to fuck mary kill we have two hockey and then we'll go from there um <laughs> sarah i'm gonna make you go first because because these are these are close to your heart <laughs> uh okay. fuck mary kill the Bruins 2015 first round of the draft. <laughs> Hall for Larson. <laughs> you don't even know. Hall for Larson or Nino for Rask. <laughs> okay. <sighs> this is annoying. Because you know what? And I will die on this hill. This is my hottest take ever. This is why Islanders fans hate me. Because Islanders fans hate her. Like that. Um, Hold on, let me. This was the one where it was like, yeah, the Brett. Yeah, because I'm like, you know what? I would do this all over again so the Hurricanes would get Jake depressed. I mean, the um, the Bruins. Jesus, I've been sleeping for like one hour. The, okay, I would. But at the same time, um, I would marry Nino Ferraz because of the delicious content it gave me. Like it just, it was a content factory that was. <laughs> From the beginning, everyone was like, what the hell? And um, is it... then he just went on a tear. And you know what? Nino's cooled down a little bit. And Rask hasn't been awful. And I feel bad because Rask is one of the nicest people around. And it was so... We weren't making fun of him, though. We were making fun of uh, Paul Fenton's incompetency. <laughs> but as Michael Russo later... Wow, we're like re referencing him a lot on the pod. But um, he debriefed that but anyway um i would marry that because of the content possibilities never went away and um that was just lovely for me in my stories and i would fuck hall for larson because the trade was one for one and it was a one night stand but at the same time it's like 
that's in Jersey got now that you look at the return of that and that's not that great so I don't know they're still obviously the winners of that but what did they get out of it really you know mm-hmm. they they didn't go far when they had him but oh my god yes fine I would kill the 2015 <laughs> Bruins draft but I can't kill Jake DeBrusque well no you just you're just killing the round the pick the not the actual picks like just the process of the picks just the amount of people they could still have gotten to brush and they could have gotten so many God, it just goes to show that sometimes you don't know what the hell you're doing all the time in my life Shayna, what are your what's your picks um all right i'm gonna kill the nino foresque only because like like sarah said like it wasn't like it was that god awful it was like a, it was a slew of things if we're if we're doing paul fenton's tenure that's different. That's the chaos I think we all loved and needed, especially for a team that is known to be super boring. And um, it just was like it was an uneven trade and the circumstances around it were pretty odd. And, you know, I'm glad it worked out for Nino. But I think the other two are more chaotic. So I'm going to go with them. Um, I think I'm going to fuck the Bruins draft. And like, I don't want to be that mean to like, Oh, they picked DeBrusque, and oh my god, that's so horrible. Like these are kids, you know. Like I get it, but and it's DeBrusque also like, is awesome. yeah. And but it's just like you traded for these picks, and you have so many options, and it's the Bruins, and I don't like you know a lot of their process. I feel like they're so big on character and grit and things like that, and it's like right in front of you. Like you could have had like Barzell and Kyle Connor, and it's like what? It, think of what they would do on the Bruins. Um, and then oh. I got a Mary Hall for <laughs> Larson. It was one of like the craziest days for hockey and it started just such not started. I mean, Edmonton was already melting down, but it continued this meltdown with such like a high point in it when they had all of these players that they had to draft, like, you know, they had all these first overall picks and they ruined everything. And I, I just like love the chaos of it. It was one for one. Like that's like a legendary iconic thing in hockey. So I have to marry that. I'm going to kill Hall for Larson. Because, like, oh. it's still, like, who did it? Was it TSN with that terrible graphic of Arizona before the oh trade? My and Arizona oh, my after God. The yep. trade? Like, okay, good point. And, like, I'm hemorrhaging brain cells at that. Like, the yep. the narrative that has surrounded this player, player, Taylor Hall, is absolutely ridiculous. The analysis that continues to be trotted out there is absolutely asinine and incomplete. And, like, I've never met Taylor Hall. I've never talked to Taylor Hall. I have barely seen him play a lot of hockey. And, like, I was somehow caught in the debate about that stupid graphic. And people are like, no, he's bad for the room. I'm like, you don't know these things. And yeah, you're looking horrible. at, like, the oh, most God. ridiculous stats ever. So, like, I can't do it. It is, like, legitimately sub, like, basic thought process level. So I can't do it anymore. Um, I'm going to marry... <laughs> The 2015 first round of the draft because that was so glorious yeah. to live through. I loved it. Um, and I'll fuck Nino for Rask just because it'd be, it, it was a good one-time thing. Uh, next, fuck, Mary kill. Shayna, you're up first this time. Here's your, here's your choices. And these are some gems. The 0405 lockout, the 1213 lockout, or the current stoppage that we are experiencing due to the COVID-19 virus? I'm going to kill the current stoppage. <laughs> it's terrible. It's canceled for, you know, it's such an awful, I mean, like, 
you can look at it and be like, oh, at least hockey, like, there's a good reason for it to be canceled because of, like, safety concerns and all of that. But it's just too much horribleness and nope. And I feel too bad for all the players whose seasons got canceled. So I'm killing that. Um, the 0405 lockout was terrible. But, like, I was a kid at the time. So, you know, I was, like, 11 years old and I only, like, half understood what was going on. And, um, I mean, it sucks to lose a full season of hockey. But there were some changes brought in by that. So I guess I'll fuck that. And then the 12-13 lockout, I don't want to marry a lockout, but, like, what choice do I have? have I'm going to I'm gonna marry, yeah. Mm. Well, that was the one that brought in 50-50 revenue sharing and I think dropped what the players got, so that sucks too. But, I mean, it was only half a season, and, um, I mean, I don't want to get rid of, like, a full season. I can't marry that. I, I'm like, I'm marrying it but I hate it and I'm thinking about divorcing it every single day and I'm complaining to everyone that I hate it and I'm probably having a ton of affairs on it. So there you go. Wow. Sarah. Can you go first? Sure. <laughs> um, I am going to kill the current stoppage because it's awful. Um, I'm going to marry the 12-13 lockout because as a result, um, that was when the Blue Jackets moved to the East, saving my sanity. Uh. Um, and also it was quite a fun season to cover. Um, the Blue Jackets missed by not even their own efforts, but they were a point down and it was, it was Minnesota that, that won that, that kept them out. But that was a fun, that was one of the first fun seasons and kind of started a series of fun seasons for the Blue Jackets in terms of covering them. Um, so that means I'm going to fuck the 0405 lockout. Those are my choices. Yeah, I'm going to kill this one because it's about actual health yeah. and it's just kind of miserable yeah. and I, it affects me, whereas the other one didn't affect me, so I'll be selfish. Um, I'll marry the most recent lockout just because it did give it a lot of positive change, even though it was just kind of like dreadful to get through all that but i guess if that's what you gotta do mm -hmm. and then i'll um i guess i'll fuck the remaining one but i'm not gonna be happy about it <laughs> bag I, over its head mercy yeah. mercy fuck yeah but the other thing too we at least had other hockey during those stoppages like 12 13 i remember like we drove to bridgeport in a snowstorm to see hockey because like that was the game that we planned to and it happened to be a snowstorm and it was like the stupidest decision we ever made but like you had the option to go places and watch hockey and you know obviously nowadays it's like better to watch things online than it was then but you had something yeah all right we have one non-hockey fuck mary kill to wrap this up with the topic is a little bit shana centric so she's going first <laughs> and it's quarantine snacks and we do encourage everyone to socially isolate please find your snacks sit alone and enjoy them uh oreos ring pops or popcorn miss shana this is so hard. So, um, I really have to think about this because, oh, like, here we go. No, like this is this is truly difficult. Like already, this quarantine, I've eaten. I I feel bad. Rich went out and bought snacks, and like he bought a box of fruit roll-ups, and in three days, I ate nine out of the ten. And I was like, oh yeah, you can have the tenth one. You bought this. I ate like all of the garbage already. So like to choose, I'm gonna marry popcorn. Popcorn's a good, reliable snack, and it doesn't make like. I feel like if I have too many sweet things, I feel like I'm going to throw up. Like, popcorn, I can eat to the point that I'm going to throw up, but it'll pass and you can, like, continue eating. Essential. Essential <laughs> characteristic. 
Um, I'm gonna... Green Pops and Oreos. I mean... Oh my god, this is so difficult. I want to say I'm gonna... <laughs> okay, I'm gonna... How can I do this to one of them? How can I kill one? I feel like I can do more if I have a ring pop on, but I can't knit. <laughs> I can't knit if I have a ring pop on. And Oreos, you can play the cookie game, so at least like you're semi-entertained while you're sitting by yourself. The balancing cookie, cookies I don't, don't want to know. Don't tell me. Don't you tell put me. a cookie on your forehead, and you lean your head back, and you're like standing, and you have to get it to your mouth without using your hands. Do you do this regularly? I mean, like, sometimes when we get a new flavor, if it's like, I don't do it by myself, oh my but like, We'll see who can do it the quickest. I'm like, I've gotten pretty good at it. So, um, <clears throat> all right. I'm going to fuck Oreos because there's so many flavor variations and I can, you know, play with the cookie game and eat those variations and I love them. And Ring Pops, I'm so sorry, but I have to kill you because I can't knit with you on my hand. Someone else go. I, 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 I don't know how you <laughs> top that, Sarah, but um, I also would appreciate your comments on if you play the cookie game. Um, <laughs> And, and who you would, which of these delightful treats you would fuck, Mary kill? The cookie game. I don't know. Um, I would, <laughs> I would marry Oreos. I'm a huge Oreo person and the variety is outstanding and I, I crush some Oreos. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, I like, I would, I would fuck ring pops because I'm feeling romantic at the moment. And, um. I would be proposed to with a ring pop. And I would kill popcorn because I've had enough popcorn at every arena in America oh God, and seriously. Canada enough to become a colonel. Like, I'm, you know how, like, people, that episode of the Rugrats where, like, you put a um, watermelon kernel in your belly button and you become a, you're pregnant with a oh, watermelon or something? Oh, yeah, that's when you ate it, it grew inside yeah. of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me with popcorn. So I'm going to kill ring pops. Sorry, Shayna, because like, listen, and ever since I was little, I always loved them. I thought they were so cool, but like, it never works out. Like, you can't eat one all at the same time. It gets all sticky. Like, it always ends up being a mess. It's like overpromise, underdeliver as a snack. So, I no, killing the ring pop. Um, I'm going to marry the Oreo because, like Sarah, I'm here for all the different choices, particularly my Canadian versions of the Oreos. So I feel so like good. I could have a long-lasting relationship with them. Um, and fuck the popcorn because then i don't have to see it all the time all right final segment my friends this week's top three in light of all of us hitting the pause button on our professional (laughs) activities uh what are your top three non-sports related hobbies ms sivian how about you (laughs) this is okay Every time I go on a date or something and people are like, what are your hobbies? I'm like, I don't know, drinking with my friends. Um, I like, I need to get back into playing guitar maybe during this quarantine. I I like to do that. It feels like a good accomplishment. And it's, I love music so much that it's good to like tangibly do something with it, like with your hands when it's not just listening to music. Um, I like that. I like... Doing comedy sketches, I do that as a secret kind of now that I've like I've revealed it recently for whatever what? reason. And I like to, um, yeah, I like I wouldn't close the door and like becoming a stand-up comedian or something in a future life in 20 years or something when I have more worldly knowledge. But I love to just 
kind of challenge myself to do that and write things like that. And I like learning about history. I was a history major and I finished that degree in two years. I dropped out of college because I kept failing math because I got a job <laughs> offer, but I finished my history degree in two years in the honors college. So that if that doesn't depict ADHD, I don't know what does. Uh, those are amazing. really good at one thing terrible at the rest okay those are amazing your turn. I yeah love those it. are really good Shana. If you're, thank you um well if you do comedy we'll be your groupies and we'll travel we'll just be like your hype oh, man. um <laughs> my hobbies i'm a 90 year old woman if you didn't know so knitting you know that that's up there i would say crafts as a whole like i really like making things if it's not knitting and i like tie-dyeing and sewing things and doing crap like that check so. out Shana's etsy yeah, please. Buy, Crap buy like things. that. Shane is Etsy. <laughs> um, along with knitting and craft things, reading, because I'm old and I, I like reading. And, um, you know, like, Belle was like a legit hero to me. You know, she, she carried around books and always had her head in a book. And then she got to, like, have a library, which was a, a big goal for me. It took me a minute to actually figure out who you were talking about. But now I, I understand that we are making a Beauty and the Beast reference. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Continue. Um, my last one, God, I really like doing puzzles, very big on jigsaw puzzles. And like, I know I'm starting one tomorrow. Um, my favorite ones, I had these star Wars ones that had like, they were mosaics each piece. So it had like six pictures in it and it made it really tough to do. And it made me want to like rip my hair out, but I love doing them and like getting them finished is such an accomplishment. Awesome. You're 75. I know. <laughs> we should talk about your boyfriend's hobby. That's, that's the next top three. <laughs> All right. My top three, I am also old, but legitimately also old. And so mine are knitting, of course, too. Um, I'm not cool enough to have as extensive an Etsy or even an Etsy at all as, as No, Shana. but you do such cool things. You make dog sweaters and all things like that. Well, okay. Uh, so knitting. <laughs> um, I definitely, another hobby for me is um, cycling. Um, I usually do a big bike race in the summer when I have time. Um, so cycling and just kind of fitness. I have my personal trainer certification. So um, yeah. doing something like that. Um, and my third hobby, something that, um, particularly when the season's so crazy, one thing that my husband and I always try and do together is we cook. So, um, cooking, we like to cook together. So there you go, folks. Uh, this, that is this week's episode, uh, full of some fun, hopefully for you. Um, anything I missed my friends, Sarah and Shana? I think we're good. We should definitely drop a link to Shana's Etsy so we can support Shana and her awesome hats and everything in this time. Absolutely. We will do that. Um, and we'll, we'll tweet that. Make sure that if you aren't already, you're subscribed to the show via your favorite podcast listening application. Um, and if you aren't already, follow us on Twitter at two underscore much underscore man. That's where you'll always see the latest. We have some new merch out there that we hope you'll check out and buy and and wear proudly send us pics we love seeing everyone in their merch it's so cool it makes us smile um and we will be back with you next week and if nothing else um to paraphrase sarah's therapist from today please just remember that good things are still happening in this world and until we talk to you next week everybody take care of yourself bye-bye love you Thank you.